Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl, in its sixth and final season. And so is this podcast. My name is Frank, and joining me as he does every week is my good friend and my co-host, Tim. How's it going, buddy? It's going well, I say, for one of the final times that I will say that on this podcast. I feel like we're seniors counting down to the last day of school. Sure. Um, you know, where it's like, we have this many days of school left before I go off to college and watch the Supergirl spinoff, Brainy and Nia in space, or whatever is, <laughs> yeah, the spinoff is going to be, um, right. if there is one at all. But that's kind of how I feel every time we're like, it's the final one. It's the final time I'll buy French fries on a Thursday in April. Like that's that's where we are. That's where we are in in our Supergirl watching. How are you? I'm great. I'm settling into my new house. Um and uh it's 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 lovely to have uh to have a nice new studio space. I'm enjoying that. And uh got to watch watch Supergirl in my new living room. Uh, so wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful things all around. And, uh, yeah. Wait, your wife let you, lets you watch Supergirl in the living room? Uh, when she's not around, I, I oh, do that. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I will say she actually, uh, I've watched most of Supergirl in my living room on my living room TV. Um, most of it. That is not how we roll in this house. Mm, no, yeah. she, I mean, it's like, it's podcast homework. So she's like, yeah, okay, cool. Go, go do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I've never really tried tr- well, truthfully. You know, that's, yeah. that's why it's so, one of the, so here's my first piece of advice. Try. There you go. Okay. Well, I did, you know, I, I've done the crises <laughs> on my, okay, on, okay. on the TV and stuff. So, um, yeah, but, that was one thing I felt really bad during the last crossover, mm-hmm. which would you know that was like four days in a row or whatever. And I was like, is it okay? Like, you know, it's going to be like every day, every, you know, for like four days. And she was like, yeah, it's crossover week. That's fine. Of course I get it. And I was like, oh, I love you so much. I love that you get it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you get it even if you don't care. Right. The, right. Yeah. Well, you see, I have an office and I have a TV in said office. Ah, so I'm like, okay. why would I, why would I make, you know, so that it's not as good, but like, why would I make, like, why would I displace her yes. from the living room sure. when I have a room built for, you know, sure. getting away and watching yes. dirty things. Yes, or that makes sense. So, that makes sense. Yeah. Watching dirty things? Nerdy things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Get your mm. mind out of the gutter, Frank. Well, why don't I get my mind out of the gutter and into the mailbag? And into How the mailbag. I got it right here. Don't worry. Oh, no, I you can't put it in. Any, any, I thought I opened the bag, but I didn't. Here you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you. Thank you for opening it up. Thank you to everyone who emails us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Com. Uh, much, much appreciated to everyone who does. Uh, first comes uh, this email from Daryl. Uh, Daryl felt that um, it, it was he he didn't quite understand what was going on at first, uh, but once he figured it out that it was sort of a Rashomon style uh, episode, he uh, said he enjoyed the episode uh, uh, a lot more, uh, and he loved he loved seeing uh, the that it was a lot like the hundredth episode in that way where, I mean, that was all flashbacks, uh, but, but that there was a, a storytelling framing device to it. So, uh, yeah, I get that Daryl. I understand that. Uh, next comes from Lucy. Uh, Lucy says, hi from France. Hi Lucy. Uh, first of hi. all, bonjour. Bonjour. Just want to thank you guys for the podcast. Found it a while back and have been listening for almost two seasons now. Thank you, Lucy. Um, I just know it's always gonna be a fun time when I put it on regarding this week's episode of Supergirl. I'm kind of disappointed, I have to say. The end felt sort of rushed and easy after all the build-up to this mission. I expected more of them actually trying to find Kara. Uh, feels like they just went through the portal, got attacked by the Phantoms, and then got out. Of, and then out of nowhere, Yellow Sun Grenade and Kara was back. Um, yeah, I can. I guess I can see that. It did take them several episodes to get to the point where they could execute it. Uh, so it was. This mission was more about. I feel like it's. It seems easy. Yeah, get in, get out, get it over with. 
but a lot of buildup had to, I mean, they had to travel back in time for God, for God's sake to, to, to be able to, to get what they needed, um, to carry out the mission. So that would be my counterpoint to that, I guess, Lucy, but I understand what you mean that the mission itself, once it started, was like, all right, cool. One, two, three, go. Yeah. And I think, um, I'm kind of on her side, actually. I hadn't really thought, I hadn't really thought about it until you read the email and I was like, wow, that did kind of not really involve her. But I, for, I, if for these first seven episodes, I continually, I'm watching the show in the almost the behind the scenes way, like the how to way. I'm like, okay, so she's still on maternity leave, or she's only in half, and it's minimal yeah. this and it's minimal that. And so I'm, I'm always watching in the with the mind of how are you structuring around her scenes? Sure, sure. Um, and so I wasn't expecting, I I wasn't expecting her, I guess, to be in a lot of it. Um, and so it almost feels like, like, um, the other, like they filmed them out of order almost like they knew they were going to get her. They knew they were going to, um, they were going to get her at the, by the end of this, uh, by the end of this episode. And so they like, you know, they kind of did the more actiony stuff. They filmed that later, even though they were coming first or I'm not really, I'm mm -hmm. not really positive, but, um. I get what you're saying though. It feels like yeah. they did some, yeah. I mean, we know that they filmed most of Melissa's stuff uh, after her maternity. So they, they filmed most of the season, most of what we've seen of the season so far. And then Melissa came in and shot a bunch of her stuff right. afterwards. Mm -hmm. So in a to a degree, you're absolutely right that they did film some stuff out of order to make it, to make it all work. It really feels like her, I thought about it today, actually, as I was watching the episode, it really feels like they, they how much Melissa screen time have we had? This maybe one episode's worth, maybe like forty. To Is it one up? Yeah, sixty uh, minutes. Two week, uh, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, three weeks ago was her like biggest episode. Yes. I would say yes. But and, that, and, and the pilot, maybe, uh, the, the premiere, the premiere. She was right. in like half of it. Sure, sure. But I mean, they filmed that before yeah. all of this. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I would say maybe she's probably in like 15% of every episode. If I had to really, yeah. maybe sometimes more, sometimes I'll like this one. She's like, like 5% of the episode. Right. She's like barely in it. I think when you put uh, it all together, we've gotten like one 40 to 60 minute chunk of Melissa on screen. Probably. Yep. And you know, here's the crazy bit. I don't miss her. And that sounds like a slight and I don't mean it to be, I understand. but it's that I'm actually far more invested in these other in these other tertiary characters secondary characters than i gave myself credit for yeah um and like i like all like i obviously she's the star of the show or she's you know the the biggest star of the show she's supergirl she's wonderful it's all but like they hold their own without her mm -hmm. really well um and and i i have to give that's that's very hard for the like the star of your show to really not be interacting with everybody, and it's still incredibly um, watchable. Yeah, very engaging. Still, I, I agree with you. I I did not expect to be as engaged by the uh, supporting cast as as I have been. That said, by the end of this episode, I was very ready for her to be back. Like I like I'm totally. like I'm very ready for now. And actually, this ties into I'll I'll just wrap up Lucy's email because I think she says it pretty well. Uh, overall, I still kind of like that we got sort of a mini season inside a season and I'm really hoping Supergirl ends with a bang. It's in one of my favorite shows and I would hate to dislike the last season. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree. Like it, it is sort of a mini season inside of a season. We got a small, you know, subplot inside of, inside of the season. And I hope that from here the, we, we, I mean, it looks like we're, we we're wrapping up the Phantom Zone stuff pretty much from what we're seeing. Um, I, I didn't get any indication that that's going to spill over and we'll see where we go from here. But, um, I am hoping that now it's like, okay, cool. We did that. We had that little mini season within a season to accommodate Melissa's, um, maternity leave. And now I'm hopeful that now that she's back, that we get sort of the, the next, what, 13 episodes or 15 episodes, uh, will, will be, you know, come in with a bang and be like a, a whole season unto itself. I have things to say about that, but I want to wait for trailer TV talk. Okay. So we'll that find out. That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, hey, thank you to everybody who emailed us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Thank you to uh, to Daryl and to Lucy and to everyone else who does that. And uh, hey, thank you to everyone for uh, you know continuing to support us in that way and, and in other ways. Uh, if you know this is the final season, if you have thoughts that you want to share, 
this is the time to do it. Get them off your chest. Mail at supergirltvtalk.com. I also want to say this show is brought to you by, and normally I would say the our fine friends at Patreon, which it is. It is brought to you by our friends at Patreon, but it is also brought to you by Save Me, the Smallville Anthology, which I am very, very excited to announce is uh, is coming out as we record this. It's tomorrow. By the time you're listening to it, it might be today. May 13th. May 13th, 2021 marks the 10-year anniversary of the finale of Smallville, the series finale of Smallville. Can't believe it's been 10 years. I remember, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I remember where I was and everything. And to celebrate it, we are doing a, a, a documentary-style six-part uh, uh, audio history of Smallville told by the creators and the cast and the, and the behind-the-scenes people. I'm, it is the most ambitious podcast project I've ever worked on in my 15 years of podcasting. I am really, really thrilled for you all to hear it. If you listen to Smallville, even if you didn't, uh, I'm sorry, if you watched Smallville uh, or didn't, uh, I, I would, it, I'm very proud of it. And I, I really hope that if you're listening to this show that you'd, you'd give it a shot at smallvilleanthology.com or wherever you get your podcasts. I will actually put the trailer at the end of this episode to so stick around at the very, very end. And I'll, I'll drop that in at, at the end. You can get a little a tease for it, but um, just want to put in my plug for that because it is been a lot of work a labor of love a lot of people um helping to put it together and i'm i'm very very proud of it and and want you all to hear it so smallvilleanthology.com save me the smallville anthology and uh and patreon.com slash thought bubble audio to help us continue to make shows like like this one i'm a little disappointed you didn't say squarespace <laughs> i was just like i don't know why i mean like i know like sponsorships and whatever else and i was i thought you were going to surprise me with one or something but then you, but you were like it's brought to you by S-. and i was like here it comes this squarespace we finally made it oh <laughs> uh, well sorry oh. to disappoint you with that but uh, oh man no i'm not disappointed by smallville anthology at all i do have a question that might it pertains to it before we roll into this episode is it a limited series or is this something that's going to continue to go for, it is a for some time? Six episode limited series. We're publishing them monthly and that will take us from the anniversary, 10th anniversary of the finale all the way to October, which will mark the 20th anniversary of the pilot. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy yep. pants. Yep. So six so episode well limited, limited series once a month. Um, starting how long does May each 13th. episode run ish? Uh, first one's about about a half hour. Future one's TBD. Okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm excited. You know what I'm also excited for? Season six, episode seven, titled Fear Not, not with a K, because, you know, Rashomon, everything mm. was jangled all together. Hey. I see what you did there. Hey, written by Jay Holtham and Ellie Lipson, directed by the one and only David Harewood. Back again in the director's chair. Surprisingly, in the episode a lot, considering he also directed I know. it. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. I'm impressed with his how like his skill keeps growing. It's wonderful. It's wonderful, Frank. Let's start with that. Was a good bit. The tower is a ship. Cool. Cool. I like cool. that. Mm-hmm. It looks like the tower inside. I was like, how does this ship work? I would love to understand oh, no. how that works. The gravity, the everything, it's, it's just the technology is amazing. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, very complicated. You wouldn't understand it if I explained it to you, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah, right. But exactly. but I understand it, to be clear. Of course. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just a peon. I don't understand yeah. anything. <laughs> Frank, tell me a good point. Uh, I like that Alex has pizza residue on her super suit. <laughs> And when, I missed that. Like, so, so when was that? They're doing the grounding technique that Kelly is saying, right? So you, you do this mm-hmm. grounding technique and you, you you just call out everything that you observe. And Brainy starts calling out like uh, oxygen molecules. And one of the things he says is pizza residue. And he like points to Alex's suit and she's like, hey. Um, like, like almost, <laughs> she's, she's almost like, like, you weren't supposed to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> and I was well, just so on brand that like Alex Danvers getting fake out again. I loved that. I love that. I love that also that everyone had their like stations in the in the ship. Yeah. So it like it went from like we're the super friends to we're the enterprise. Totally. Crew. Like it was like boop, boop, boop. Let me hit the computer that looked like a it kind of looked like an LED panel at a museum where they were just making button sounds afterwards. Like Star Trek. <laughs> kind of like, like Star the Trek. Enterprise. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, but like those buttons don't work. Don't, no, none of yeah. that's connected that's to not anything. Even a touch screen. This yeah. is a little you're lying. Um yeah, I loved that. But it's just like but there was like it actually the the format of the ship reminded me a little bit of the Wave Rider. Oh, sure. You know, with the captain's chair and the piloting all the way in front. But it also kind of reminded me of Galaxy Quest. Um, mm. the like and obviously the bridge of the enterprise and like it all like it all kind of blended together for me and I, I really enjoyed that it was very fun there was something later that reminded me of star trek that i'll get to in, in a later good bit but uh yeah i totally get that they totally they, they totally became like the enterprise crew and they totally um yeah they they all had their stations so they man they manned their battle stations um I think this one kind of connects with, uh, with, with, well, you know, yeah, I'll get to the Star Trek thing now. Actually, this connects, um, Kelly's nightmare, uh, where you had, I guess it was Lena and Alex and Nia, um, all speaking in unison and they had the red eyes and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the way they were all talking in unison felt very Borg from Star Trek. Oh, totally. Right. Like yeah. that really, that, that, the, the, the collective, um, the hive mind thing, uh was evoked that for me mm, the resistance is futile exactly indeed um speaking of the the borg and the because it kind of gave me like a a vampire vibe you know uh, yeah. as you know as this as they've done um but we've talked about that you talked about this in the mail that this um this whole episode is in rashomon style so it's the you know same same plot from different points of view right you know comes from the the movie Rashomon, which you know it's where it starts started there. Um, anyway, it's very cool. But I thought that the Rashomon style plays really well with time running out. You know, because like every the clock always rewinds to see like because that's a big thing with Rashomon. But like they're counting down like we're on a limited time already and so to keep backing it up and to keep going forward and backing it up is very anxiety inducing yes um and i like i very much liked that and i thought between that and the way that it's all contained within the ship but the ship still kind of looks like a house or whatever it gives off a very nice haunted house vibe all at the same time, like this claustrophobic haunted house, you know, the phantoms, the vampires or whatever, they're out to get you. Um, it was cool. Like really, it almost like kind of felt like a Halloween episode. Mm. Like if this was, if this was regular, if this was regular season, I was like, this is the Halloween episode. Right. This is the, this is the one. I get that. I, yeah. I, 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 I picked, I picked that up. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It did have that feel. Uh, anything that has like a countdown clock. Right, it always adds tension, and or, or whether it's an actual countdown clock or like a device. Yeah, I always think about like the movie seven or the movie and the musical of seventeen seventy six, where you have the like the the calendar counting down to July fourth, and you know we all know that July fourth is going to be the day, even though it wasn't actually the day. We all know mm -hmm. that's the day that this thing has to get resolved by that they're going to sign the declaration and everything. But there's all this chaos and this in this. Uh, turmoil and it's July 2nd, it's July 3rd. How are we going to resolve this? And it adds tension and, and, and gets you in, in, invested. Mm -hmm. Same thing here where it's counting down and you're like, you know, however many hours earlier adds tension. And to do that, to do that Rashomon style, to do that where you're seeing the same, that same time period over and over again from the different points of view adds so much to it. Yeah, but it's also disappointing. It's different points of view, but then they add a layer of nightmare, fear vision, like on top of that. So you're like, you know, it's just layer upon list, like Inception. It's like layer yeah. upon layer, and what is time, and what is reality? It's going, it's going, it's going. And you're falling down this deep well. You know, it's funny, and I don't, I don't think this is intentional at all. But you said it felt like a Halloween episode, and it did because of the nightmares and everything. But um, if this episode had if this season had started when it was likely supposed to, this probably would have landed around Halloween. Um, usually shows start in September, September. October. So seven episodes in, you would have been at the end of October. If it started in, if it started in September, then yeah, you know, yeah. Normally shows start in October though, don't they? You no, know, the CW does actually start them in October. You're right. You're right. So maybe, maybe not so much, but, but, uh, anyway, it, it definitely had the Halloween vibe for this, sure. This would have been a slap in Thanksgiving episode. Oh man. Was. Yeah. Whoo. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the bell came with me, by the way, to the new house. Um, thank God. Yes, thank goodness. So, um, yeah, Rashomon, uh, thumbs up, thumbs up for that. Um, I, I loved. I thought it was so badass when Jean 
uh, goes to the Phantom. I'll show you what it's like to be afraid. Oh yeah, oh. I wrote that one down too. Oh yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. Hell yeah. He had a couple of he had, John had a couple of really strong moments in this episode, and I thought like, well, when you're directing yourself, give yourself the good it's stuff. Your prerogative, right? That's right. Um, that was great. He also had one of the funniest lines in the show where when Brady was like, I see balloon balloons everywhere. You're just you're just air in rubber. It's fine. Like, I'm fine. And and it's just like, OK, I don't have to I don't have time to unpack all of yes, that. Oh my I just God. really so loved that. So good. I know you haven't watched um, Community, but there's a very funny meme from community mm-hmm. where there's that's a that's a I can re- not so much a meme. It's a reaction gif. Like we don't have time to unpack all that. Um, it's literally that same line. So when I when I saw that, it reminded me of that reaction gif, and I was very, very tickled as a, as a community fan. But I did love that. That was I had written that one down too. That was a fantastic interaction, and I love the way he directed that 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 back and forth. It was mm-hmm. hilarious and beautifully done. I actually have a good friend who is afraid of balloons. She oh. she has a fear of balloons uh, because, and I I didn't really understand this. Like when I was a teenager, I was like, but what? why are you afraid of an inanimate, inanimate object? And she's like, because I mean, what if it, what if one of them pops? Well, I mean, yeah, I guess that's a risk. Like she's afraid of the popping noise. And so being around balloons gives her like anxiety because what if one of them pops and makes a loud noise and scares her? I can understand that. So I, I felt like anxiety. Yep. So yeah. brainy, brainy's not alone in, in that. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see on your notes that you also talk about a thing that I love the uh, the Kelpie. Yeah, because um, I thought one the CG looked great. I loved the water tentacle. I thought the water tentacle looked great, and the monster looked great. We had different vibes. Yes, we did for for what it looked like. I thought when it was just the tentacle, I was like, "Ooh, the Abyss, nineteen eighty nine, starring Dustin Hoffman, James Cameron, what the first the first CG face." ever like photorealistic face creator creation uh you could think that movie for photoshop like what mm-hmm. what there's a lot of there's a, a very important movie for a just okay movie um <laughs> but um um i thought it looked like that and then when you see the whole kelpie i was like alien alien yeah, what yeah because like even like when it's like the snout and everything is very xenomorph yep but then like when when uh lena is up against the wall and the kelpie's going in i'm like oh that's aliens that's that's the moment right there it's so good like and and then but you you had something different sir yeah well the way it moved and the way that it was rendered and animated uh gave me big vibes from uh the the, the t1000 the liquid metal terminator from totally. terminator 2 mm-hmm. you can thank the abyss for the terminator that's 2. right that's right yeah, yeah. that's it's, i mean it's like the abyss jurassic park t2 like the the big trifecta of like big cg usage in the early late 80s early 90s is what year did t2 come out 92 91 92 so it's so it's the abyss t2 jurassic park sure go, uh, i wasn't saying in. them in in any particular order but yes oh i thought i thought you were going in order and i was like no jurassic park is like open the floodgates that's the that's yeah, yeah. the that's the moment jurassic that's park the, is 93 Jurassic park's 93 okay yeah. so yeah it's it's 89 for the abyss 91 for terminator 2 and yep. then 93 for for jurassic park so every jurassic two years well, yeah the advancements they got amazing oh, man. amazing I love late 80s, early 90s movies and not because of our age, but because it is like the peak of movie transformation. Like we're ju- you're just on the cusp of doing something, yeah. of changing movies forever. You went from eight, 89, The Abyss, first photorealistic face, to 94, a movie completely, Toy Story, completely CG. Like 95. Was, 95. Okay. 95. But in a, yeah. in a five, six year period, an amazing, amazing advancements. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, so it's so fun. Anyway, speaking of the Kelpie, though, Kelpie is a, a Celtic. It's a, it's a monster from a, a Celtic myth. And Katie McGrath is Irish. And I really loved the meta reference. I there. caught that. I thought of that, too. Yeah. I actually yeah. put I was curious about the Kelpie, if it was a you know a, a actual myth or not. And as you say, it is. And I put a link to it in the show notes if anyone cares to, to read more about it. Kelpie show also show up or they're at least mentioned in Harry Potter. And so like, and this was, I mean, we get more Harry Potter in here. We'll talk about that in a bit. Um, And so I like, I just like that. They're just like, 
they're fans. They're mm. just going. They're going for it. But I think it was more for Katie McGrath, and I really liked that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, um you have a few more, so you. you I do go, have a more. You do a couple. Yeah. Um, I love Zorel saying, "You know, we're together, and together, nothing can stop us." Which sounds an awful lot like he's saying "Stronger Together" or "El Mayara," the totally. motto of the House of El. So totally. very, very much on on brand for the House of L, and especially as portrayed in this show, to be saying something like that. And the fact that that is what sort of, that's what snapped Kara out of it, out of her her phantom fear spiral. And mm-hmm. that sort of, sort of reminded, him giving her a message of hope that snaps her out of it reminded me of the way that at the end of season one, I feel like I've referenced this a lot lately, but end of season one when she gets on TV and like gives the whole world a message of hope and snaps them out of like the, the myriad thing. Mm-hmm. Um I love, I love that that, uh, that she learned it from him. She learned it from her parents. That's good, and I, 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 I like that. There's a connective thread with her parents, as opposed to like it's her dad. They have nothing in common. Yes, you know, which is kind of a thing that gets played out in TV. Like, just accept that that's the father, and they don't share any of the same like quirks, personalities, interests, right? Sayings like right, there's like right. family history there. Like, and you, that was yeah. good to pick up on. I thought he was going to break into nothing's going to stop us from the um, famed animated movie. Cats don't dance. Mm, of course. You know, yeah, sure. Nothing's going to stop us. Nothing's going to stop us. Do you remember that movie? I don't. Okay. That's okay. I don't Sorry. think it is. I think, I think I had it. I think it's just a fever dream. Truly. I don't think. It was real at all. Maybe, maybe um, a fever phantom nightmare, maybe. It could be. It could be. Um, I only have one left. Um, well, actually, that's not true. I th- We'll talk about it later, but I really loved Nia and uh, Lena bonding. Yeah. That was the thing that like I, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen, and I loved it. Um, we'll talk about it later, so that's kind of a good bit, but also sure. kind of a theme. But it was. Last, it was lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Last good bit for me. Kara super speeding to hug Alex. That was, that was awesome. So that was so cool and and cute and sweet mm-hmm. and uh, a good sort of payoff for it's what you'd expect. It's what you'd yes. expect for these two. It's true. And also the amount of control that Kara has to super speed and stop in enough time to not completely demolish yes, Alex in such a short distance. Right. Like, yes, mm-hmm. I love I love that. I love that. I love this connects to, you know, at the beginning of the episode, Zorel says like he's trying to give her some hope and he's saying you know i'm sure your earth family he calls them her earth family are looking for you and then at the end of the episode when she sees the ship she goes it's my family um Mm. and i love that she calls them her family like it's i just mm, i love that so much and obviously in alex's case she is family but she's talking about the whole team supergirl and she's that's right considering them family and that was, I mean, that's part of Nia and Lena's conversation, you know, this, uh, the family thing yes. and blah, blah, blah. Yes. So it ties yeah. right, it ties right into what everybody else is saying in right. the show too. Right. Uh, the last thing, um, yeah, I, I, I like that the yellow sun just destroys the phantoms. Like they just go poof like vampires. As that's soon because as they're the, vampire, so, they just like, they leaned really hard into those vampires, really, really the vampire thing. I did think that maybe they were, they're not like gone completely i thought that maybe that they'd be like oh we just disappeared because of the sun okay 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 so it's not like a, what we do in the shadows situation no we're like we're, regu- not like regular vampires right yeah. yeah okay i wanted to ask you which nightmare did you find the most disturbing um most disturbed or the one that like seemed like it w- the most the most nightmarish to you Ooh, that's actually a really good question. For, if it gives you some time, if it buys you some time, I'll tell you mine first. Yes. I think that I was most horrified. I think I was most horrified by the Kelpie um, because drowning is a thing for me. That I'm, It's always been like a, mm-hmm. a personal fear. So the Kelpie is pretty horrifying. And Kelly's dream where she is trying to, like she feels powerless to save everybody and everything, that felt like psychological torture in a way that would be very yeah, upsetting. Those are the two that my first thought is to go towards Lena's because yep. like there's something like the the running away, she's haunt it's haunted by her past, but it's manifesting itself in the form of a monster and blah 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 and the drowning. I just even visually I found hers maybe the most disturbing. Yep. You know, like you know, other characters becoming monsters or something like that. I'm like, eh, yeah, yeah, they're fine. Mm-hmm. Um but mm-hmm. um 
hers water monster aside kelpie aside it's realistic yep um and that's probably the one that you know being haunted by something is can be very real yeah and so for sure um so i so i get that kelly's i think also is very relatable like and you know if if you're like i am not worthy to be here like you know just impo- she has imposter syndrome yes really. yes yeah, I can. I, I can relate of, to that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I think everybody can relate to it. Sure. We're all just a bunch of imposters pretending we know what's happening. Being an adult, I've yeah. never watched Supergirl once. I'm an imposter. I've never seen an episode. I don't even know. Is that the one about the little wizard boy? Yes. Yeah. Well, this season it is. <laughs> yeah. So, um. So yeah, that's all. Um. Yeah. Very good, Frank. Very very good. Um. Also, I mean, this is it doesn't really tie into the theme, so we can talk about it here. Where Nixie like hitches a ride at the end. We knew she wasn't dead. Um, that was a definitely a, you haven't seen the last of me kind of death. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So she is she's hitching a ride back to uh, back to back our to, reality to to cause some some impish yeah. mischief. Yeah, I'm not excited about that prospect at all. I have to tell you, I'm like that's fine. I am if it brings back Mixie. He's definitely in the season. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So that, I'm excited for that because I love Tom Tom Lennon as yes, me as too. Mixie yeah, he was. Like, he's been. He was excellent. He was a delight. So I'm excited for that aspect. Yeah, but um, I'm otherwise, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I'm. Uh, yeah, otherwise, I'm, I'm not thrilled. Like especially excited about next league second round right that's okay um there are no professor comics corner uh this time around no why was that a decision because i already talked about the light up boards um right but there is a slash out cat grant brainy quote of the week i wanted to talk yes to yes because we didn't we're inconsistent with our brainy quotes of the week because he's not worthy to replace cat grant quote of the week sure. not necessarily no one is um except cat grant herself but I did love Nia and Brainy coming back in, and they were like, "How long were we gone? Three days." He's like, "Sprock, I really am a terrible time traveler." So funny, <laughs> it was so like, so funny. It is, he confronted a lot about himself in that moment. Honestly, I yeah. That, um, but I what I I loved the back and forth of like a Dementor or a Bugger. Or Harry's Dementor Buggart. <laughs> but, but I enjoyed that back and forth with him and Nia. But what I think I got the biggest kick out of was him turning to Alex and going, you understand? And she's like, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> it's those little things that, that bring me the most joy. Yeah, I, I just heard she was like so defensive and also like, why? Like, of, of course, like, but also. I'm a member of society. Of course I get Harry yeah. Potter. Yeah, but she was also kind of like embarrassed by it at the same time. It was a really like a fr- she was affronted and embarrassed, and there was it was a great yes, yeah. Like, why would you think that I would be? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought that was great. The whole thing was great. I thought the whole thing was great. So I good. loved it. So good. Mm-hmm. Okay, Frank, Storytime Village. The abuse and limits of power from within and without. Get out of here. You're not important this week. Not much for this one, really. Yeah. No, nothing. The actually, the really only thing that is the overcoming fear, grief, pain, anger, blah, blah, blah. That's really the um, only thing that we really focused on this this episode. I think they compartmentalized the, se- the season to be like, if these episodes were dealing with this, it now does this seem is over because like we're we're moving on to this and this and this and this and this. So we'll see. I mean, it's. I think. Some of these things are obviously going to play out through the rest of the season, and uh, and I'll you know we can talk about them as we get started right now. Yeah, Kara confronts all of her fears because of the phantom attack, but mostly her fear is for her friends, which is totally in character for Kara. A hundred percent that that is where her her fear lies. It's less about herself and all about her friends. Yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be like, oh, your greatest fear, and she's like, I'm afraid for my friends. Like, okay, because she considers them family, right? Yes, because they are her family. Mm Hmm. Yeah, but she's not afraid for herself or anything. Like, there's no self fear. It's, it's her loved ones. Yeah, and I, I that is so on point. And I I thought that was great. Um, what I really liked by the end, though, 
is having Zorel comfort her to bring her back, right? This is kind of like, I almost thought that he was going to get left in the Phantom Zone. Like, this was like his last final act for his daughter. Like, let me be, let me help you one last time as a father before you're on your own. I 100% um, thought where thought that was going to be going. I, I yeah. totally thought that, that he was not going to make it out alive. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm surprised. I'm like, oh, and you're just going to be around. Something's not right For about it. For now. That. I still don't like it. Yeah, something's wrong. Something's definitely wrong. They're definitely going, not definitely, but I feel like they're going in towards Cyborg Superman with Zor-El. Like going towards Cyborg Superman the way they did Cyborg Superman on this show? Or Cyborg Superman like like new 52 cyborg superman who is Zorel? cyborg superman new 52 who is her father okay who is Zorel? well is actually also hank hentra now because of a lot of stuff you know but like but new 52 yeah because that reality is not exactly the same anymore so we can say yes new 52 cyborg superman is her father Zorel. um and i i this I think that's where we're leading like I think they want us to think that Nixley is the big bad or because Lex is still out there doing Lex a thing remember he's gonna go and get more and he's gonna come back and get getting some I guess so whatever but um yeah I just I'm looking forward thinking okay what narrative purpose does Zorel serve coming back to earth you know because she's got her family over here and now she has a part of her old Kryptonian family. Yep. And where are those things going to merge at a different point? I don't. And so I don't know. I think that I think that where he's I think we're setting him up as a conflict and we haven't quite um, we haven't quite seen that reason yet. I, I think you're right. I, I'm curious about the cyborg Superman thing. But, you know, but I'm only basing that on because he is Cyborg Superman in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, I get, and, I get, I got and you. and the Cyborg Superman we got on this show was not Cyborg. Count. No, it yeah. Doesn't. And honestly, I'd be fine if we just say that didn't happen because of crisis and we try it again. Um, yes, I'd, I'd exactly. be okay with that. I'd be okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting thoughts. I it, I am curious to see where he where he goes. We'll talk more about that in trailer TV talk. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kelly. Is teaching the group these ther- uh, these grounding techniques to help fight fear, right? Found it really interesting that she does not follow through with her own advice, um, which to me is also, I think, I think anybody who does their job is the worst at doing their job. Yes. You know, like yes. teachers make the worst students, doctors make the worst patients, so on and so on and so on. I think so, that's a very yeah. apt assessment. Yes. I think yeah, so, it's, it's one thing to, it's one thing to profess something. Um, and it's, a, it's much harder to then put it in practice yourself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and her greatest fear is, you know, she's afraid to lose Alex, you know, um, after that's what, that's what we are led to at first, you know, but it's really her feeling out of her depth, you know? Yes. But, but what I like, she's the one, keeping the superheroes from losing their minds as brainy tells it tells them so in fact she is guarding them she mm. is guardianing in them if you know what i she mean she is their guardian exactly exactly frank i was going for the you know the word pun but you know you could just say it she's the guardian right that's um she's the guardian of their minds she's she their guardian angel ah oh, so good their guardian kelly um but she is afraid that she is what she says weak and human, you know, because she's surrounded by all these people who are not those things. Um, and so, but for her to like take up that S crest as a shield, you know, like which is interesting that it one it kind of looks like the guardian shield, but it also is an upside down supergirl yes. like super crest, you know, and you know because I was like it keeps the the camera kept lingering on them on different panels like oh and that one fell down and oh that one like it really wants you to look at that crest upside down, you know, but you know as she like fights off the phantom and you know she is claiming her bravery as a protector right you know yes. like that's kind of the thing you know because Alex so gently reminds us that Kelly is a vet. And right. we don't actually talk about that often on the show. It kind of like went by the wayside almost last um, 
last season for for except yeah, except for a few times but um they need to bring it up again like she she can hold her own and she just needs to believe in herself mm. you know it's, kelly guards everybody she guards the group the guardian she's good <laughs> but yeah alex is upset because she won't be the happy thought for Kara. yeah um you know which i find a little selfish like i get yeah. her i get her understanding but like come on alex she wants it's 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 it was very interesting the way that alex sort of messed things up by by trying insisting on coming along on the mission and then also tried to fix it but like she fixed the problem that she caused so like if you hadn't caused the problem in the first place we wouldn't need to fix it but <laughs> Yeah, but at least she fixed it. At least she fixed it. But like, I'm almost like, I'm not going to give you that much credit because like we're in this mess because you you felt too much like pride or too much of a need to be needed, um, which felt a little not Alex to me. Usually I feel like she is the one who steps back when if, if she needs to step back for the for the good of the mission or the good of the team or or the good of her sister, for that matter, she'll be the one to to unselfishly do that. But in this case, she was sort of like, no, it's important to me that I'm important. Mm hmm. Yeah, and that um, that doesn't usually that's not usually her style, mm -hmm. um, especially lately. But the fear, the this, you know, I took it before. I didn't exactly get what they were doing when it was her story. Yeah, you know, so it was like I was still a little confused. I'm like, oh, we're going back. Oh, it's Rashomon. Okay, yes. I get it. Oh, yes. wait, I should. And so knowing that, I'm like, I the the trajectory of her story what was real what was not real i would need almost need to see it again it was hard to tell at first it was hard to tell um and actually when i first when we were first when we went through her story first and didn't realize it was rashomon yet i was like oh okay so they're locking up john in um in that chamber what a smart way to get Harewood out of the way so he can That's direct exactly exactly what i thought i actually had written it down in my notes as a good bit and then when i realized what we were doing and that he was actually in quite a bit of the episode. I was like, Oh, never mind. Delete. <laughs> that's not, yeah. that's not really true. But, um, it seemed like that's where they were going. Like, Oh, okay. Put him in a bottle so that you have an excuse to, to have him be off screen. Mm -hmm. What I thought was interesting about Alex is the end of it. Like Kelly confronts her fear, Lena, you know, like they all have different resolutions to their stories here. Um, you know, except for like brainy, kind of resolved a lot of those feelings over the past two episodes and so he doesn't really like his thing is a joke like balloons you know that's what brainy's afraid of now um and his emotions as he said but he's still tackling them but um but alex's doesn't alex is really only resolve alex's resolves like almost within her nightmare as opposed to coming to the realization afterwards where she's like I don't need to be on the ground. My my job can be other things, but yeah. Yeah, hers resolves sooner. I mean, we still did go back then and see in that like montage where everyone's resolves, we did see her jump out of the airlock and all that, but but really she came to the conclusion herself at the first the first time through her, mm -hmm. her nightmare. That's right. That's right. Um so and Jean is afraid of losing both Alex and Kara. We've talked about this um, before, but what I thought was interesting when he battles the Phantom psychic battle, super cool. Loved it. I love the I love the love the colors. Um, he's Jean. I thought that Jean has been afraid for so long for so many different reasons that this is him really like I'm done. Like you're like you don't even know what it's like to be like. If you Phantom, if you knew what I've been through and thought of and all this stuff, like you wouldn't even bother. Like, come on in, how dark it can be in yeah. here. You're not I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. Basically. Basically. And so I liked that for Jean. The ones that I found the most interesting in this episode were Lena and Nia. I think we found out a lot about Lena in this episode, you know, because they bond over loss um and finding this new family um and so but you know we learned that you know the kelpie you know you know is the manifestation of lena's fear because of 
um, her mom drowning in front of her. Lena blames herself and she punishes herself. And so the Kelpie is her guilt made manifest in the stories and or in her nightmares and all that stuff. And she's afraid of losing everybody. And the water is just the twist of fate. You know, the way that her imagination plays that out. Right, right. Yeah, it's all connected to her mom because of the, the book of folktales her mom gave her, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. I feel like um, we've seen a big focus this season on, we saw Nia struggling with like wanting to call her mom when she was in the past. And then we saw this conversation with Nia and Lena. And this was sort of a reminder that, hey, by the way, Lena was adopted by the Luthers and that she had, you know, she, she knows, she remembers her actual biological mom and they had a relationship and that is a, a, a uh, source of personal suffering for her. They're spending a lot of time showing us you know, loss of family and then finding chosen family, found family instead. Mm-hmm. And um, that feels like it's sort of a mini theme that is, I mean, it's over, it's part of the overcoming grief. Uh, yeah. But, but, but the specifically resolution is finding the new found family. family. Right. And I yeah, feel like that is also why I think Kara's going to go through it. Also, that's with okay. Morel. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm heading. Thank you. That's exactly mm-hmm. where I'm heading. Is I feel like they're they're resurfacing all of these things to put that in our minds to have that theme be present in our minds. And I feel like this is going to be something that comes to the surface. Yes, with Zorel, I kind of wonder if there's going to be something with Lena's family because it felt very pointed to bring that up. Um. I don't know. I don't know. I, for certain, for certain, I think there's going to be something with Supergirl, with, with Kara, um, having to wrestle with, you know, the loss of her Kryptonian family again, maybe through Zor-El. Um, and it definitely, it definitely feels like we're seeing how all the other, other characters can relate with that. Yep. And she's going to go to space. She's going to go to space because zor probably. Space Kara! For some, some reason. Yep. Um, what I liked is that Lena, one of the smartest people on the planet, was like, Kelly's fear techniques. Let me try those. I know. <laughs> She's the only one, that whole thing. She Kelly's like, okay, if something happens, do this. And everyone's like, okay, got it. Cool. Will do. No one does it no except one for Lena. It. Lena's the kid who always understands the assignment. You know, right? Like, yeah. Like, I'm. I got it. Why aren't why didn't anybody else get it? Yeah, Lena has like the critical thinking skills to actually like take it from theory to practice. Exactly. Exactly. When even Kelly couldn't. No, no. Because I mean because because teachers make the worst students. Right. That's that's how that's how we roll. Um Nia is um her biggest fear is in a, some ways like Kelly's in that she's afraid she she is afraid she's a fear of people not believing in her and therefore she does not believe in herself. Right. You know, she's like, Oh, no one's around to teach me. I don't know as much as I should, blah, blah, blah. All the, you know, so she's, she's too hard on herself. And that is made manifest with Brandy questioning her in the elevator. Right. Cause that's her fear. Like it could have been a real conversation, but it's not, that's her, that was her, um, that was her vision. Um, but she doesn't, by the end of the episode, she doesn't really conquer that fear the way that everybody else does. Yeah. It's still nestle. It's still nestled within her that, you know, she is not as good as she could be. You know, she's a little harder on herself, which is something that Kara goes through quite a lot. You know, like I could, you know, the, the, the dry, like I could be better because when say like Kara gets a little too comfortable, that's when bad things happen. Sure. And so, sure. But Nia only, I don't know. She, she she's paralyzed by her own desire to be better instead of not putting in the work to be better but it's a little like oh brainy made them i should know how it works but i don't and that's it you know and so it's a it's a little it's a little woe is me um, but not so much that it's, you know, she can't still do something. I, I'm I'm curious to see where this is headed with her. You know, will she feel better now that Kara's back, like her mentor's back, to be able to kind of lift herself up and Kara will be able to lift her up too? Or yeah. will Kara be more invested in her time with Zorel and leave Nia in the dust? Yeah, now that her mentor's back from the Dementors. Yeah. Um, I... I have thoughts that I don't want to 
I don't want to share quite yet because of trailer TV talk and folks are spoiled speculation and spoiler averse, but I do think there's potential from what we've seen in the trailer. For example, I do think that there is potential for there to be an overlap there for Kara to still be giving some attention to Nia. Um, but you could be very well, you very well could be right. It could be, that could be the conflict that, that they're dealing with, um, it, moving forward. I think, yeah. I think it's really interesting how in Kara's absence this season so far, a handful of the other characters have sort of, it's like a, a, a lot of Kara's characteristics have been distributed amongst some of the other characters, the supporting characters, where Nia is sort of the hero finding herself, kind of like Kara season one, learning her powers, finding herself, learning what it means to be a hero, all that stuff is has been Nia. Kelly has been the sort of hope, help, and compassion for all person who is leading with empathy and using her her, you know, her intelligence and her empathy to help people compassionately. Um, and that's always been Kelly's thing, but that's come to the forefront and she's sort of doing that for the team now in a way that Supergirl may have done that in the past. Um, it's very, very interesting to me how they're having sort of these others sort of step up in Kara's place while she's gone. I'm sorry. That's a very, that's a very astute of you. Um, would you call me? uh, I called you. I'm a podcaster. (laughs) Okay, <laughs> surely that is not true. Um, nice. Uh, sure. Um, I completely lost my train. That made me lose my. You were calling me a stute. Yes. Yeah. All right. Listen up here, Jimmy Astute. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> I need to go to bed, Frank. I'm so tired. It's only eight thirty a.m. Um. So no, <laughs> that is not true, folks. No, it's not. Um, but um. No, I, I think that, um one, it, you watch a show for a main character and because you like that main character's characteristics, so it's smart that almost all the other characters share the characteristics of that person. Um, and also, that's how friends and family work, right? That's right. You, know, you yeah. all share characteristics uh, of one another, as we kind of talked about earlier. Um, but also, she she's the linchpin that kind of holds all those characters you know she's the almost the perfect summation of all of those character those character components so um that's good that was that's nice analysis that's a nice analysis of of um of Kara well done frank i'm honest we're out of story time village time so if you want to just tell people where they can find us we can head into trailer tv talk yeah sounds good yeah uh if you are not keen to stick around and hear us talk about the trailer and speculation for what happens after this hiatus that we are about to embark on uh we will bid you adieu here thank you so much for listening we'll see you in august please check out smallville anthology save me the smallville anthology at smallvilleanthology.com or wherever you get your podcasts uh you can check out this show it's supergirltvtalk.com at thoughtbubbleaudio.com which is our home for our whole network and all of the podcasts that we and our friends host and produce you can rate and review us anywhere you get your podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher uh amazon google everywhere you'll find podcasts you will find all the thought bubble audio shows including supergirl tv talk while we're on hiatus i'll be over on superman and lois tv talk so please be sure to check that out if you're watching that show um and uh you can follow us at tv supergirl on twitter you can email us at mail at supergirl tv talk Dot com And if you want to support us to make these shows possible and to continue having uh, this content delivered to you, Thought Bubble Audio on Patreon is the is the way to do that. And for as little as a buck a month, you can support us and help keep these shows cranking. So thank you so much for all of that. And uh, with all of that said, why don't we go ahead and listen to the trailer audio for 608, welcome back, Kara. It's so good to have you home. I'd like to see what my daughter's been up to here on Earth. You are my Uncle Archie visiting from Midville. I promise no one will even know I'm there. Oh, dear. You really want to see what Kara's life is like? 
suit up and get ready to fly. Supergirl. New episode to return August 24th, free next day on the CW app. So, 608. Welcome back, Kara. Most likely a reference to Welcome Back, Cotter. Um, and uh, we don't have an official description for this episode yet. It has not been released, probably because the episode is a good three months out. So um, that is fair. So annoying. I know. I know. So annoying. But um, interesting that we actually have a decent amount of footage from the episode itself. So um, yeah, gang's, gang's all back. Zorel is Uncle Archie from midvale not to be confused Jake. with archie from riverdale archie from riverdale i know i thought i was wondering if that was a thing like if that they were like hmm i don't know if it's a comic reference or if it's a if it's an archie reference if they just thought the name was funny it almost feels like uncle arthur from bewitched you know? oh yeah um but not quite why would you just call him uncle arthur at that point at that so point maybe yeah not um yeah there's a lot of fish out of water stuff like so oh, that's like, a bummer oh, i know you hate oh, that Oh, I know, I know. I hate fish out of water stories. They're so annoying. I love them so much. He does. Much. I love fish out of water stories. Um, what is this thing I've never seen before? Oh, it's the best. Um, uh, so that's fun. Um, you know, let me lift up the copier. Blah blah blah. Nixley's causing trouble. Maybe something else. Hard to say. We actually don't know what the conflict is exactly. What I do think was interesting here is that Kara, it maybe Kara, seems to be using the kryptonite suit for some reason. Right? Yeah. Is, is she not back to full energy, which I don't think it's that because she like, it's like two seconds of sun in the Phantom Zone. She's like zipping up to the ship. Right. Um. So, I don't know if it's that, but, you know, is Zorel in that suit because, you know, he hasn't been on Earth for super long, so... Like, does, is his solar batteries not really working because he was in the Phantom Zone for so long? Or I'm not, is it a way to hide Melissa so she didn't have to do stunts? Um, you know, that that was kind of my first, that was kind of my first thought. I, I kind like, of oh, think, I kind of think but, it might be something. But there would have to lines. be, a, there has to be a story reason behind it. Yes. So even if it is to to hide her with for the stunt purposes, like, there's not. Like, why? Why are you in that? I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be a story reason because they're actually quite good about that, about always having some... They are. Even if it's just one line of dialogue that explains it, there's always some some story reason for those things. I don't think yeah. it's Zorel. It didn't really look like... It, it, no, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. No. But, I love that suit, though, so I'm just happy to see it again. It's a cool I suit. Think it's a cool design. Yeah. It's a cool suit. Yeah. Um, the Uncle Archie thing stuff is interesting, and it looks like he's at the... He's at catco um he lifts up yes, the copier at catco yep. so that's why i said earlier that you know i could see that i don't know if he's working there or if he's just if it's just bring your uncle to work day or whatever i but. think well he said you know like i want to see what my it's like i want to see what my you know daughter's doing or blah 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 so i think it's just you know i think he's just hey my uncle's staying with me is it okay if he comes in today? yeah yeah mm-hmm. um yeah it it is um the fish out of water stuff i think will be fun and and lighthearted and funny and i think we could use a little bit of that um this season yes and I hope, absolutely i hope that they that we'll get a pretty clear picture fairly quickly of where the rest of the season is headed um maybe not in this episode necessarily maybe we get a tease at the end that sort of starts setting things up or something to that uh, effect but i am like i was saying earlier and like uh our, our email from Lucy was saying, I, I hope that the rest of the season has like a clear direction with some kind of either a big bad or, or you know, a, a clear storyline that, um, that we can get invested in and, and carry us through to the end and, and take us to a fulfilling ending comes back August 24th. That is a long time from now. It feels like a long time from now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this will be the last time you hear from us probably until then. Um, un- unless, unless something major were to happen between now and then you, you we're, we're probably going to, um, hit pause for a bit and, uh, you can, like I said, you'll hear me over at Superman and Lois TV talk. You'll hear both of us on beer with geeks, um, and, and our various other projects on, I would assume you, you will hear Frank on Smallville anthology, on save me and, yeah. uh, and, and myriad other uh, projects that that we both work on it under the thoughtable audio. I saw what you did there. Yeah, you Maybe got it. Had. You picked it up. Yep. You picked mm-hmm. it up. 
Um, but do you have any other any other thoughts on the rest of the season or anything uh, to the, to that effect? No, I think I've said all I I think I've said all, I've said all my speculative things um, in the midst of the episode. So I think I'm okay. Frank, it's great to see you as always. Everyone listening, I'm glad that you're here. So until next time, see you in August. Up, up, and away. This is the story of an amazing boy who grew up in the fields of Kansas in a little town called Smallville. Faster than a speeding bullet. So what are you, man or Superman? More powerful than a locomotive. Clark Kent, you're in Smallville. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. You're a symbol of peace. You're a symbol of justice. The universal history of Superman dates back to the decade of the 1930s. And in the nearly 90 years since the last son of Krypton graced the panels of Action Comics number one, the world has changed, but hope has not. In times of fear and confusion, people have often looked for hope in the most unlikely of places. Early in the 21st century, hope and the legacy of the Man of Steel found a new home on television screens around the globe. For a decade, Smallville captured the imagination and changing landscape of the modern world and its superheroes. As we approach the 20th anniversary of the series, go back with us. Before the age of the MCU or social media. To the day when a kindly couple met a young traveler from the stars. We didn't find him. He found us. Hear an oral history of the series from the show's creators. Every incarnation of man's worked on television. Yeah. What if we're the first that does it? What if we screw up? It stars. From day one, it's always been about who this character's been before he becomes Superman. And it's legions of fans. Smallville has become such a phenomenon on the internet. They have almost become surrogate publicists. Somebody save me. Save me. The Smallville Anthology. Coming spring 2021. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app.